thank you for being here. And uh, I'm going to try my very best to preach a little shorter. I don't know how that's going to go because the scripture that we have this morning is one that is uh, is, is sort of controversial and there's a lot to unpack this morning. How many of you ever have heard of the church father Martin Luther? Anybody ever heard of him? Uh, he's, he's the guy that put the 95 thesis on the, the door of the church, the Catholic church, and uh, he's one of the greatest, uh, con- considered one of the greatest church fathers, and he, believe it or not, this is really strange, hated the book that we're in this morning. He, he didn't like the book of James. He called James the epistle of straw. And it was because of the scripture that we're about to cover this morning. Uh, that's James chapter 2. We're going to go into chapter 2 and read verses 14 through 26. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Now you'd say, well, it's really strange that somebody that's uh, considered one of the, the greatest theologians, one of the greatest church fathers would not like a book of the Bible. Uh, and so this, this section of scripture comes with great controversy, but, but hopefully this morning... Uh, as quickly as possible, we can unpack this and see what the Bible really says about faith and works. And, and can they coexist, or, or are they totally separate, or are they independent of one another? So let's read James chapter 2, verse number 14. If you would stand uh, to re- honor the reading of God's Word, if you'd like to stand at home, that's fine. If not, you can just stay seated on your couch this morning or wherever you're at. But James chapter 2, verse number 14 says this. He said, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit, or what good does it do? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, and thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou have faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. And God, we... uh, we would ask that you would just bless this time, Lord, that you would just uh, have your way in this service, that you would bless each one that's here, Lord, and those that are watching by way of the live stream this morning, God. I just pray that you would bless them and that they would be able to enjoy your word and, Lord, just learn from it this morning wherever we are. 
God, the wonderful thing is that your word can be read anywhere and that your Holy Spirit Lord, can go and can, uh, can water the seeds that are planted. And we know that you're an omnipresent God and you're here as well as everywhere else this morning. And God, we praise you for that. And we thank you, Lord, we ask for safety for the rest of the day in this uh, difficult weather situation that we may be facing. God, we ask that you would just be with us in that, Lord, and, and just keep us safe in everyone. And Lord, we'll praise you and we'll honor you because you're worthy. You're the only one worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is a difficult scripture. Would, would you all agree with that? Anybody that's ever taught it, Brother George, I know is, is, he's, he's gotten on to me twice already because he's teaching this on Wednesday night. And he, said, he said, Brother, you're getting all over what I'm teaching. And I said, well, I've got, I've got to clear up the mess you make on Wednesday nights. No, I didn't really say that. But, but in teaching this and preaching this, this is a d- difficult scripture. It, it's kind of like those, those vitamins that you take in the morning. If you take vitamins, you'll know that, that they can give you a heart pill that you can barely see, but when you take a vitamin, it's really big, right? And it's kind of hard to swallow. And this scripture, for some people, is hard to swallow. But if we could get into it and we could understand it, I think that we could see that, that faith and works, they go hand in hand. They're, they're married to each other, in fact. So we dive straight into the scripture. Now, you've got to understand James's background. James, like Paul, he was a converted Jew, uh, but he didn't believe his, his, uh, his brother, half-brother Jesus there for a while. And so he's a leader in the Jerusalem church. He's a leader along with Peter and John and these other guys. And, and they're, still, they're still a little bit, just a little bit hung up on the law. Now you think about the law and you think about all the ramifications and all the things that the law entailed and, and all of the, the, the things that it said, all 600 and uh, I believe 14 things that the law said that you have to do. And the law in itself, the, the Old Testament Mosaic law is what? It is works based, right? It is that you had to take a sacrifice physically. You had to go out in the field and do the work or you had to go buy it and then you had to take it to the temple and take it to the priest and have him uh, take it to the altar and pour the blood out. And, and so that was a, a works-based salvation. That was what you had to do and that's how you got in touch with God. And then Jesus came along and He died on the cross for our sins. And, and so now we believe that, that grace comes through faith. Amen. That you must believe and confess is what Romans chapter 9, uh, chapter nine verses or 10, 9 and 10 teaches that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart and that's how we get saved. And so when we do that, we come to Jesus by what? By faith. We know what faith is. The Hebrews 11.1 1 says that it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And faith is so important. But James here is going to give us a sort of a different take on faith. He's going to kind of look at it from a different angle, if you will. You know, people all have their, their, their own take on things. And, and, and our life, uh, the, way, the things that we believe and the way we see things is shaped by our background and how we were raised. And so James comes to us with this scripture, What doth it profit? So we can say there, What good does it do, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? 
Now let me say this, there's a lot of people in the world that say they have faith. Wouldn't you agree with that statement? Especially a lot of people around here, a lot of people in Middle Tennessee and in the South particularly, you know, it, it, it's more, there's a lot of churches here. In fact, the most, the most church city in the United States is in Tennessee. Did you know that? It's Chattanooga. There's more churches per capita than, than any other place in the United States of America, just down in Chattanooga. But yet so many people say that they have faith. They say, oh yeah, I believe in God. But then they go out and they live a life that is contrary to what they say. I, I, I used to see that all the time when I, when I was in a, in, in working in a factory and then working in the probation system and all that I did, not in the probation system, working in it, okay? But when I was doing that, people would say, oh, I believe in God. I, you know, God, he, He's with me, and we got our own thing worked out. There's an old country song, I think I mentioned it, that me and Jesus got our own thing going. And that's kind of how people, that's what their faith is. It's very weak, and, it, and, it, and they don't really live what they say. And you know what the Bible basically teaches? That if you, don't, if you don't live what you say, you know what that makes you? A liar. If you say one thing and you do another, then you're just lying to yourself. And we sort of talked that a little bit about that last week. In fact, I want to go on record and say that this week's sermon and last week's sermon kind of go together as well. But he said, what good does it do if you say that you have faith? If those words come out of your mouth, but you have not words. And then we have three examples. James gives us three scenarios that say, I'm going to show you about works and how that it actually, it doesn't necessarily, I'll say this morning that I don't, I believe that you're saved by faith alone. Can you say amen to that? That you cannot work your way into heaven. If you, if you started today and went out here and into the world and tried to do all the good works that you possibly could in order to merit some sort of favor with God, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do enough good to earn God's favor and God to say, all right, you know, you've done a whole lot of good things. You know there's a lot of people in the world that do a whole lot of good things that are not going to heaven. I mean, I think about people, uh, lost people that are, that are running organizations that go into places like Africa and India and all these places that we consider to be destitute and to be poor, and, and they feed these people and they do good works and they do these good things, but really they're doing them for their self. And any good work that we do, anything, if we do these things, we must do them to honor God. Because it's not about me. My good works that I do and your good works that you do, they're not for us. They're for God's glory. They're to shine God's light into the world so that people will say, hey, those Christians, they love God and they're working for Him. You know, a lot of people don't believe in Christianity. They don't believe in going to church. They don't believe in, in the faith because they see a lot of people saying one thing and doing another. Amen? Oh me, something, somebody type amen on the keyboard, okay? Whatever it is. But, but he says, and if one of you, or verse 15, if a brother or a sister, so we're talking about the church here. If a brother or a sister be naked, doesn't what he's meaning there, if they don't have the proper clothes, you know, somebody out here right now in the weather in a, in a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and maybe flip-flops, think about it like that. If you see somebody like that, or maybe if they're hungry, if they're destitute, it says, of daily food. Remember, people at this time, a lot of times, they just had daily bread. 
They didn't go to the grocery store. They didn't have a bunch of stuff stockpiled. I mean, they lived from day to day. If you see somebody in that condition, and, and you think we think about third world countries a lot of times. I think about places, where, you know, you see the, the Feed the Children ads, and you see all these ads, that, and, and you know they break your heart, don't they? They're, they're doing that on purpose, by the way. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't support those things, but that's what we automatically think of, are these people that are poor and destitute over there. But we've got a lot of people that need help right here. There's people in, in Cookville and in Putnam County probably within, within uh, just a, throw, a, a stone's throw away from the church that are hungry, that need things, and that, that need help. And, and, and we see them every day, and a lot of times we just walk by them. I don't know if you've noticed this lately, but and I have for sure. Is, is it seems like that homelessness in Putnam County is getting to be a big thing. Have you all noticed that? I mean, I, I don't know really what's happened, or maybe I'm just now noticing it more. I, I don't know, but it seems to have kind of dusted up and gotten bigger, and it, and it was that every corner you would stop at, somebody would be needing, or at least saying that they're needing help. Now, that's a tough situation to be in, because you don't know how honest this person is. You don't know where their heart is, but there's always really people that need things, people that need help. And so we see that in verse number 15, and, and one of you... Talking about the church, James is pointing at the church. If one of you say unto them, just say it, just depart in peace, and be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what good does it do? We, we say this a lot of times, and, and uh, as, as church members, this is kind of hard to swallow. Again, this is a thing that's not easy to, to deal with, but a lot of times somebody will tell us about a need or present a need to the church and our reaction, just our knee-jerk reaction is, well, we'll pray for you. And we should, amen? Those people need our prayers, but sometimes those people need stuff. They need groceries or they need clothes or, or they need just this and that. Maybe they need some help with the, the bills or maybe help with the rent or whatever the situation may be. And it's the church. Shouldn't we be helping people? And especially, especially people that are in the church. We should, we should always be willing and ready to lend a helping hand when it is needed. If, if people couldn't turn anywhere else, they should be able to turn to the church. But a lot of times we'll say, well, I'll pray for you or, or I'll see what I can do. And then it just becomes, it's just empty. And we move on with life. That's the first example that James gives. And he said that if you do that, I mean, because, because praying, that's a thing of faith. That's a, that's a thing that spiritual people do. He says, but if you just say it and you don't actually do anything about it, then, then it's a dangerous situation. He goes on to say this, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And then this is a, I love this verse right here. Yea, a man say, verse 18, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Again, these things are not getting you to heaven. They're, these good deeds are not, are not going to get you any closer to God without faith. But I want to say this, that when you get saved, 2 Corinthians 5.17 comes into play. Anybody know what that scripture is? It said that if any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, every day of your life, you're doing some sort of works, right? I'm not talking about your job. I'm not talking about, you know, your everyday, but you're, you're doing something. You're always, your hands are always busy, right? I mean, we live in, in such a super busy society. Sometimes I have to stop and ask myself what day of the week it is. And I have to look at my watch. My watch tells me what day of the week it is. Not the date, the day of the week, and try to figure out what I've got going because I'm, I'm busy sometimes, and we're all busy. We're all tied up with something, right? It seems like we've, we've got our hands in so many uh, different places and our, so many different irons in the fire, and we get tied up, and these are the works of our life. But when we, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we come into the fold of God, our priorities change. Romans chapter 12 says that, that we're no longer conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And with this renewal and with this transformation and with this new, with this new outlook on life as a new creature, it's hard for me to believe that any, anybody that's truly saved would not be willing and not want to work for God. Amen? How in the You could not convince me that somebody that is right with God would not want to work for and do the things of God, do what's right, and to do these things. It would just be hard to convince me of that. And he says that, that you can say all day that you have faith. He said, but I'm going to show you that I have faith. What we, we need some people that are willing in the church to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to show people my faith. I'm not going to show people my faith so that I can glorify myself, but so that I can glorify God. Verse 19 is a very, a very serious verse. Earlier I mentioned people that say that they believe in God or believe that there is a God. He said, that's great. But the devils also believe and they tremble. I'll take that verse a step further. God and Satan know each other on a first name basis. Satan uh, goes to God in the book of Job and actually goes when the sons of God uh, report to him and, and, and God knows the devil himself. So just because you say that God exists and you say that, that you know He's out there somewhere but you're not sure what He's up to and you're not necessarily part of the family, you just believe in God, that's great. But you have to have faith, right? You have to believe in God. It, it, just, just saying something, is a, it's not enough a lot of times. Verse 20, and I'm trying to go as quick as I can, so just bear with me. I'm getting through this uh, quickly. But wilt thou know... O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Then he brings up Abraham, who was revered by the, by the church, the Old Testament church and the Jewish people, because he's, he is basically where the, the Jewish people started. And God goes to him. And, and Abraham's life was sprinkled with faith. It's not the kind of necessarily the faith that we have, faith in Jesus Christ, but he had all kinds of faith that says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? It goes on to talk about that Abraham uh, believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Here's the second example. You see somebody that's, that's hungry or somebody that needs clothes or somebody that has a need and you meet that. But then here's another work of a Christian. Think about Abraham's life and what Abraham did. Abraham was minding his own business one day, 
And God shows up on the scene and tells him to pack up and move. Just tells him that he's got to go somewhere. And, and God says, I'll tell you when you get there. So just pack up your family, pack up what you've got, get all your herds, your camels, your sheep, and, and all that you have, and take off and just go. And when you get there, I'll let you know. That takes faith, right? That would take faith in a God whom you've never met as Abraham had never met God before. God just shows up on the scene and begins to talk to him. He has faith. And then later on he has a son and God tells him and Abraham believes that he can have a son and his wife doesn't necessarily believe but then Abraham has a son and loves that child and then God again by faith asks Abraham to go and kill his son. Abraham had to live a sacrificial life. So here, here's the, the second thing that I want to talk about and bring out really fast is that, that your works look like this, that you live a sacrificial life for God. That your faith is shown through the work of sacrifice. That, you, that you, uh, you're willing to, to do different things, that you're willing to give up things, stuff, Perhaps even habits and, and things that you do for God. A lot of people say that they have faith, but they're not willing to give anything up, right? They're not willing to make that sacrifice for God. I think about all the missionaries in the world and all that they've had to give up for God. That, to me, is a work in their life that shows their faith. Amen? When you're, when you're willing to get up and move to, to wherever that God leads you to, that is a sacrificial life. But there's things that we can do and live a sacrificial life for God to show that we have faith. And then last, as, as quickly as I can, he gives one more example. He goes on to say in verse 25, Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works? when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. What did Rahab do that was so important? Well, God's people were uh, scouting the land out and the spies came and to Jericho and they were kind of found out and Rahab hid them. Here's what Rahab did. Rahab had a, a situation on her hand. She knew that she had to make a decision. She had seen the spies. They had showed up at her door. And they knocked on the door, and she knew that the people of God had been basically just going through the land and destroying everybody, and the army was winning, and that God was having his way amongst these people, these Canaanite people. And she opened her door, and she had a split-second decision to make. Well, think about this. She's, she's a pagan. She's somebody who doesn't necessarily believe in God, but she's heard about God. She knows God exists probably, right? Because she's heard the great things that God has done. And so the knock comes at her door and the spies are standing there. And she knows they're from the people of God. And so she has to make a decision right then. She says, I can either, I can either yell, hey, the spies are over here and I can turn them in. and I can, I can call the army and they can come and they can kill them and, and whatever. And, and then I can die. Or I can invite these guys in. I can hide them. And then I can go with them and join the people of God. What she did is she stuck her neck out. And what she did is she helped someone who was supposed to be her enemy. She did what, what was countercultural. She did what was different. And she lived as if she knew that if she made any other decision but to help these men, she was going to die. 
And so she helped these men. And her work that she did actually brought her into the lineage of Jesus. What an honor that was. She had faith, right? She had faith in God because she had heard of all that he had done. And she had faith that God would protect her if she, she protected the spies. She had to have some sort of faith, but it, was, but it was only made better by the fact that she actually went through with it and did something and did a great work for God. Again, many people in the world are working and they're doing good things and, and they're doing things to try to help people and help humanity and, and trying to do all that they can, but they're still without God. And, and it, their works are dead, but then on the flip side of that, there's a lot of people in the church and in the world that say they have faith, but they don't have any works to back that up, and it means they have dead faith. Wouldn't you hate to know that God looked down at you and, and saw the things that you were doing? Because God knows, you, you know, a lot of people I've heard the old cliche, well, God knows my heart. Well, God knows your actions too, amen? And He knows what you're doing, and He knows what you're not doing that you should be doing. And so God sees all that. James says that, that your faith without works is dead, verse 17, and then he says it again in verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you, and God, we thank you. And Lord, I thank you for giving me a clear mind, helping me to deliver the message. And God, I pray that, that people would take this, this scripture to heart and that they would hear it. And, and do it as we studied about last week. And Lord, know that we can, we can stand all day and we can, we can say great things and we can you know, tell people things. And, but at the end of the day, we need to go out there and we need to live it. And we need to do it. And we need to just glorify you in all that we do so that people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we trust you to be with us, to help us. And as we work for you, that you'll give us opportunities, that you'll open doors for us, and that you'll put us in situations so that we can do great things for you and for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Hymn number 521, hymn 521.
your time this morning and uh, again I know the service has been a little shorter but I just wanted to get everybody out and, and get everybody home safely uh, continue to pray for those that uh, you know may be without power whatever the situation may be this week and if you have an opportunity to help somebody in that situation you know what you ought to do you ought to help them right Cecil so if you if you men know that that somebody needs something you get your chainsaw ready your generator maybe your truck and your chain or whatever but be willing to help uh, in this these difficult situations that we face don't forget next week brother Chris Dodson will be here to preach to us and uh, and our deacons are uh, guys that are set aside they're all going to wear two pairs of socks next week you know why so they don't get cold feet all right. So these, these three guys are going to get ordained, and uh, there's Anthony there. You, I thought you'd done run out, brother. <laughs> Anthony, Cecil, and George are going to get ordained, and you got a short message this week because remember, Chris said he's going to preach 90 minutes next week, and uh, I don't know if he was serious about that or not, but that, might, that makes me nervous. So let's uh, pray for that Wednesday night. Uh, we'll meet here and have our Wednesday night Bible study. Looking forward to seeing everybody. And don't forget to get a bulletin. So we will be dismissed. Thank you for being here. Thank you for putting forth the effort. And thank you for watching online. If you watched online, Braden, do you know how many people were watching just approximately this morning? About 16? Okay, so and, and you can, some of those were probably two or three people. or uh, So we had a good turnout. So thank you for watching. I, did, I, did he say 60 or 16? 600. Praise the Lord. 600, Matthew says. That's awesome. We're going to go with that number, right? <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for that. And uh, we'll be dismissed. We'll go home. And uh, it's good to see uh, Brother Mike. Would you dismiss us?